welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. I'm Chris. I'm here with Nick as always. How's it going? As always. Well, maybe not. Not always. More recently. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. More often these days, let's say. Yes. Yes. But yes. No, it's going good, buddy. It's going good. What have we got to cover today? I think since we were last doing an intro, we both both went to see the Menzingers. Let's touch upon that quickly. Yeah. Thoughts? You went you went the first one in London, didn't you? I did. Uh, no, no, second one. Yeah, second night at Electric Ballroom. Uh, so I went to the Saturday night. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. There was a big crowd of us that went. It was my wife's first time seeing them as well. So it's always kind of fun when you go with someone who hasn't seen them before. Uh, because I have seen them many, many times. You kind of, you know what you're getting with them, don't you? And they played very solid sets. Uh, yeah. I, the, I can't, there weren't really any songs that I didn't hear that they didn't, that I wanted to hear. So that was good. And yeah, it was a re- really fun night. I was impressed. How, how was the Newcastle show? Yeah, it was great. Smaller venue as well. And the last time I saw them was in London, I think with you. Maybe not. I don't know if I've seen them with you before down in London. But I remember seeing them in London and being like, Right at the back, um, of a oh, much right. bigger, ve- right at the back of a much bigger venue. Yeah, and uh, um, in Newcastle it was much smaller, so it felt like better. Um, but yeah, solid set, like pretty faultless. Tom, he's a fucking bouncy little fucker, and he never he is. never stopped. Yep. He's got springs in his shoes. Never stopped <laughs> yeah. jumping around. Got a lot of energy, um, yeah. Yeah, um, I did actually really enjoy the support band, um, Prince Daddy and the Hyena. I think they were called. Terrible, yeah, terrible name for a band. <laughs> yeah, I thought they'd really kind of like good, varied set, and I thought the singer was brilliant. Did you watch the whole set? Um, pretty much. I think we missed like the first. First song or two, okay. Um, but the guy I was with was at the gig with said there are usually like a six piece. But there's only four of them, and the lead singer doesn't usually play guitar. So there were a four piece in Newcastle. Um, mm-hmm. Singer was lead guitar player, uh, but apparently they're a much bigger band. We were just chatting around how like for a band like that, they're probably not getting a lot of money to come and do a support slot on the tour like that six people like over from america like and cost, yeah and their crew right? as well but it was in, it was it opened up an interesting conversation in the sense that like if you had those constraints as a band how do you decide who goes on tour and who doesn't go on tour yeah like yeah, that's tricky do you know what i mean if you're managing a budget um and you know you can do the show as a smaller unit you know Imagine being the one that misses, that misses out. Yeah. On a, like, a, probably, well, it's a big tour for them, right? Men singers, big shows, sold, you yeah. know, good few of them sold out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, I mean, and they've had a lot on because, and I haven't been, I, you know, I have to disclose, I haven't been following it very closely, but I just remember, because Greg and me spoke to them for the podcast at 2000 Trees, and they were kind of telling us about the year they had ahead, and I'm sure they were going, I can't remember who they were going with, but they were going to tour eight, like, Malaysia and places like that, All right? Um, cool. as well as obviously coming back over here with the men singers, so they had loads ahead. So they, yeah. they they do keep busy. So if if some of them don't go on those shows, yeah, that must be awkward to decide. Yeah, 
I think for me, the one thing that stood out with them was the just the, like there was felt like they were still trying to kind of find their identity. Like their set was very varied, which I don't yeah. think necessarily is a bad thing. But um, I really need to kind of get into like actually some of their their records and releases. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. If you if you no, but but I, but I will I will and we can we can wing back round on that and see. See if they show us a, as a fair reflection of their actual releases. Well, I listened to a fair bit ahead of Two Thousand Trees, and I just couldn't get into it myself. But right. um, uh, yeah, um, if if you listen to anything you like by them, send it my way, and I'm very happy to give it another go for sure. Right. Okay. Watch this space then. Yeah. Talking of new releases, we released a new feature on our TikTok channel this last week. Yes, yeah, your 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 uh, little uh, idea, which which has been fun to do, yeah, yeah, pop punk top drums. So Chris and I have been pitching artists, songs, albums against each other on TikTok and putting them out to for for a vote, see kind of which song or which artist or which album people would take in a battle in pop punk top drums. So yes, if you like the sound of that, go on follow us on TikTok because we're going to do loads more. Yeah, if you just search for Wasting Time Podcast on TikTok, you'll find us. And and also, I I did mean to talk to you about this, um, so I'm glad you mentioned it, But because you've called it Pop Punk Top Trumps. But then I did the Frank Turner one the other day, and I was just like, well, Frank Turner's not really Pop Punk, is he? So I just called it Wasting Time Top Trunks. So it's we, not got could... the same ring to it, though. Nah, I, think we just I, need to, I think we just need to leave it. I don't know. We just stick with pop punk, the title pop punk top trumps because because yeah. of the ring and like, yeah, I mean that's broadly the music that we cover. So I think we can anyone who who strays slightly outside of it will just call them that as well. Yeah, that's what you're saying. So should we go okay. through? Should we go through some of the results anyway? So yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do that. Our, our first edition of pop punk top trumps was which Menzinger's album, which we um, pipped after the party versus impossible past. Yes. Who do you think came out on top? Well, can I can I just clarify before you give the results that several people said to me, "Oh, um, I agree with Nick. He's right." But um, because the way it's done, I think impossible past was my video shot, and you were after the party. I like after the party better. It was just we just had to have two videos, so. That doesn't reflect my view, but uh, <laughs> so I think. Having said that, I think after the party had to have won. Surely, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it was wasn't. Uh, didn't you know? After the party didn't run away with it. Sixty-seven percent of votes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, and the next one was so kind of legends of the games. We we uh, pipped Eve Six versus Good Charlotte. We yes. had one comment that said, "Good Charlotte, our wank." Yes, I saw that. I saw that, and I recognised the name. Was that was that one of those um, guys in one of one of your brother's mates? I don't know. I recognise that name. I could I could be wrong. But I think you know, given given the um, the user base on TikTok, Good Charlotte were always going to come out on top there. Really, yeah, it was a fairly e- easy win for Good Charlotte on that basis. Yeah. Of the votes. 
Yeah. Also, we've done. We did Cassidy Pope, who um, we interviewed at the weekend. So let's hang yes. fire on that one. Yeah, sounds good. Talk about it on the episode. Yes. And what was the other one we did? Frank Turner songs. I I think you were it was a bad choice from you here. So Frank really? Turner songs were a reason to not uh, not to be an idiot and uh, long live the Queen, which <laughs> is losing quite badly. Yeah, you know, yeah, eight, I five saw. to fifteen. Ah, okay. There you go. There's about well, I, ten, there's about twenty other Frank Turner songs that are better than Long Live the Queen. I uh, I can't. It's hard to top that song for me. So I just Fair I enough. just went with it. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, well, I think I think this is fun. Let's keep them coming. And uh, yeah, jump on TikTok. Yeah, we we throw some of them on the Instagram as well. So look out for them there. Anything else happening in terms of new releases then, music wise? There's been nothing that's really excited. It's quiet, me. doesn't it, at the moment? Like, there's not really a huge amount coming out. I saw Girlfriends put out a song this week. How about how about you have a listen to that now, and we'll get your reaction to it. Shut up and kiss me. <laughs> yeah, so that was the new song by Girlfriends, Travis Mills's band. Uh used to be doing stuff with John Feldman. Don't think that new stuff's with John Feldman. What was your what's your reaction to that, Nick? Um, I mean, you know, it's very well timed in terms of Valentine's Day that's just landed think, with us. I think it was literally released on Valentine's oh, Day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all right. Like a bit too cliche and corny for for my liking for too cheesy he sounds a lot like um pierre from simple plan but his voice is quite similar yeah it's yeah. definitely it's definitely that kind of vibe for sure i mean but that, yeah have, have you listened to any of their stuff prior to that yeah a little bit they've, they've played slam dunk haven't they before i think they played last year could be wrong yeah yeah, yeah i think i remember listening to some of their stuff when, when they were uh, heading over this way and yeah, it's all right. Like nothing groundbreaking, nothing particularly new sounding about them, but good catchy, catchy song. Just a yeah, bit exactly. Too, bit too corny and cheesy for my liking, but fair enough. I'm fair not enough. really a Valentine's guy, uh, Valentine's Day guy, anyway. To be honest, <laughs> as as my wife will testify. Fair enough, though. But yeah, if your thoughts, uh, you're a fan of it, is more up your I, street than mine, probably. Yeah, I think it's all right. It's kind of it's pretty standard from what I'd expect from them. They've kind of had that sort of sound ever since they, they, they kind of came out a few years ago. Um, it's, it's not the best, best song I've heard from them, but it's, it ticks all the boxes. It's fine. It's very cheesy. Yeah, you're right. But if you kind of accept that, then it's a bit of fun. Not sure how much staying power it will have. I mean, to their, their base of fans, probably it's, it's ticking a lot of boxes, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Young, uh, young teenage romantics. We're just yep. old cynics these days. Whenever they put something out, I I like them enough to always check it out, and uh, they continue to do very well. Just signed with Versefire, I saw, which is sort of decent label at this point. It's the one that Mark Hoppus and Pete Wentz are kind of kind of co-founded. So 
Yeah, they're doing very well. And if you liked what you heard there, go and check out that song. It's uh, it's available everywhere. Cool. Shall we get into today's episode? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about this band before we go into it. So, so today I spoke to Will from Amber Pacific, and uh, Amber Pacific. There's this band I've kind of wanted on the podcast for some time now. What has been around a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. What's I? You and I must have discussed them on and off over the years, but I can't remember how what your feelings are. And yeah, I mean, there was that um, there was that record that had. Um, I never meant to be this way. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, so like, that was definitely on our playlist back in the day. Well, I say playlist, yeah. probably on a mixed mixed, mixed CD, CD or something. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and there was, there was another song on that album as well. It was another, like, one that we always listened to. What, 15... 15 years ago, probably. I reckon you're probably talking about Poetically Pathetic. That was always the other go-to. I mean, this, the album has a few good songs on it, but that's... Uh, that's yes. I should imagine it's that one. But, but yeah, no, not really kind of followed them. Yeah, I don't know if what they did after that, to be honest with you. I didn't really follow them. Post. They had... Well, as you'll hear in this episode, they had their next record was probably like the peak of their commercial success. Right. So their album, they had an album in 2007 that was probably when they were most popular. And right. uh, and since then, they've done two full amps. Haven't done one for 10 years, but they do put stuff out every now and then. But I think there's there's newer stuff in the pipeline. And sure. um, cool. yeah, I, th- I think it makes let's sense. To, it. To, yeah, let's jump into it now. Thanks for being here. Nice and early yeah. as well. I got the little email notification saying that you joined. So I thought I'd hop on as well. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, thank you, man. Thanks for having us. It's going to be great. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Yeah, absolutely. Where are you speaking to me from? Um, I'm actually talking to you from Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is um, this is the uh, the other job outside of the band world. And uh, this is where I'm based out of. But normally, I'm up in Seattle. So, Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I saw I saw on your TikTok that you're you you're a pilot these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a pilot for FedEx. So really. Uh, so we we come over to Stansted all the time in our airplane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I so love funny. it over there, man. Yeah, it's super cool. It's it's fun when we go over there. And so how how long have you been doing that job for? Um, I started training for it in 2014. So, okay, you know, I'm about 10 years, I guess. Yeah. I didn't get on with FedEx till 2021. So it's only, it's only been a few years here, but, um, pretty quick journey to get here. So, oh, wow. Well. Yeah. I saw, I saw from your Facebook, like you do, um, work in real estate as well. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, um, I got that. I got that real estate license back in 2012 when I was finishing up college and uh, it was just to have something to do when I graduated. Okay. And my grandpa always told me like, get as many degrees and ratings and everything you can get certificates, whatever. Um, Cause education is always yours once you have it. And so I just never let it go, man. I just kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you, you've had quite a busy life so far, Will, I feel. Yeah, a lot of, lots of different hats, I guess. But it's all, it's it's funny how it all like works together with each other. Like even with the FedEx job and the real estate and the band, 
I'm able yeah. to commit to all three of those things equally, which is super cool. I'm sorry. I feel like I jumped straight into your job and stuff there. I didn't even do the polite introductions at the start. So <laughs> no, that's all good. It's all good. <laughs> let me let me do that. So um, so I'm Chris. Uh, I'm I'm one half of the Wasting Time podcast. Normally two of us that do these, but uh, it's just myself this evening. Um, but yeah, I'm based I'm based near Kingston, which is just kind of southwest of, of London. Um, okay. So obviously you mentioned you mentioned like with your job that takes you to Stansted a fair bit like how so when you come to Stansted do you is it kind of just an in and out job or do you spend a few days here how's that normally go it it all depends I mean normally um sometimes it can be as short as like just a 24-hour stint or sometimes we've got layovers there that are 72 hours and um it's one of the top spots for us to go to A, a lot of our guys here really like going over to to Stansted and hanging out it's just a it's a cool area cool part of town so um yeah it just depends on on your schedule I guess but it can vary yeah of course of course yeah yeah um I've I suppose at the time of recording um speaking of band things you got you guys just you just played a I, I guess it's a local ish show if you, it was Bremerton you played Bremerton last week yeah it was our um it was our first time playing on that side of the Puget Sound there, the nice batch of water in between Seattle and Bremerton. And um, mm-hmm. it's where MX PX is from. It's where we recorded our last our last record, The Turn. Um, so it was kind of cool to get a chance to go over there and play. And man, we were honestly just blown away at, at the response that we got from the crowd and just the amount of people that showed up. Um, it was a smaller venue, but still it felt pretty full to us. And the mm-hmm. kids were having like a great time, like band, everybody was just having fun. And um, anytime you get to headline a show, it's always cool because you get to do things that you don't normally get to do when you're like opening up for a bigger band. So we brought yeah. out, um, Mike came out and sang with us on one of the songs that he did on the record nice. and, um, just really nice of him to show up. And so that was super cool. And, uh, we brought out our singer's wife who sang on the record for a, a slower acoustic song. So we got to do some really cool things and it was a blast, man. A lot of fun. Nice, nice. Did you have who did you have open up for you? Was it just local acts or? Yeah, we had a, a friend of ours in a band called Less Than Three. They were the first band that played, and then another group called College Radio that's been doing a lot of things around locally and also some touring outside of Washington too. So super nice yeah. guys. Um, everyone got along really great, and it was super fun. That's cool. College Radio, I've heard of them definitely. They have a bit more presence than uh, than Less Than Three does, but I I think they've been around a little bit longer and. Um, they've had some opportunities to get outside of Washington, which is always helpful. So, so have you got many, many other shows coming up in the next few months? Yeah, man. Um, I don't know what I'm allowed to announce yet. <laughs> we haven't made any official announcements. We have a batch of shows coming up in Texas um, in April, and then we might have one down the road in August. Uh, it's unconfirmed yet, but we are always looking for opportunities to really play whenever and wherever we can, when it makes sense. And um, we're going to try to do that more this year than the years past. So, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I definitely want to yeah, yeah. get a little bit more into that as, as this conversation goes on, but um, yeah, but just, just basic stuff at the top as well. Like uh, you've been kind of mentioning this on the social media a little bit recently, but like you guys are working on new music at the minute. Are you able to say what kind of stage that's at right now? It's still um, early on. So starting like November of last year, I dove dove back into a lot of old voice notes on the phone and started like racking my brain on on just what I've been doing over the last couple of years. And 
um, something happened, man. I don't know what happened, but something happened where like, it was literally like one or two songs a day was just like naturally really? just coming out. These songs were taken 10, 15 minutes to write and finish. And then I just track like a rough acoustic demo of it. Um, so over the last couple of months, I've accumulated like probably about 20 of those. And, um, and we are getting into the phase where like before this last show we just played uh, was the first time we started running some of these ideas, like as a full band to try to kind of start putting yeah. them together. And um, I'll be going back out to Nashville uh, with our drummer here pretty soon to kind of continue that process. And um, hopefully the goal is to like get these things recorded and tracked and have a new record out by the summertime. It's really what we're shooting Oh, nice. For. So, like a, an actual full length. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Because it'll have been 10 years since the last full length, right? I know. It's crazy to to think about that. Yeah. Because um, it feels like it was it was just yesterday. But um, I know how that is. These, yeah. These songs are, I think, some of the best ones that I've written, and I'm really proud of them. So I'm, I can't wait to like get into a studio and turn them into kind of the Amber Pacific sound that people have come to know. So yeah, for sure. And we've been missing it because I feel, correct me if I'm wrong. The last, I think, the last original song I remember hearing from you guys was you did a single in 20, 2017 is like seven years ago already, which is crazy, you yeah. know. I know it's a blur, man. It's a blur. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was the last original song I have from you guys. And I know you did a cover like maybe about three years ago now as well. Yeah. We, we sprinkled Am I missing anything they... else? Has there been anything else recently? I don't think so. I think that that's pretty much it. Um, but some of those songs will make an appearance on this new record too, maybe in different forms or. Okay. Um, we might even pull some stuff from the record that we did with Victory um, Virtues with the with our other with, singer Jesse. With the other singer, yeah, 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 yeah. So we might pull some songs off of that and try to try to just throw them on as like bonus tracks or something like that, just to see what it what it sounded like with Matt. Not that one's better than the other, but just yeah, sure, just sure. try it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. No, that would be interesting. I kind of yeah, I did. Um, like the way we normally do these things is we kind of you know we're kind of. I mean, if it's cool with you, like we'll go through your career a little bit and there's just like things yeah. I want to pinpoint and ask you questions about that. That record was certainly one of them. Um, but before we dive into that, I just kind of just want to get a bit more clarity at, as to like this, how Amber Pacific works these days, because obviously we mentioned at the top of this, um, you know, your job that takes you all over the world. Um, so it, I know the bands like historically from the the, the kind of Seattle area is, is everyone... Is that where everyone's based at the minute? Yeah, basically four out of the five guys are all still um, based pretty much right where we grew up. And yeah. um, our drummer, Dango, is the only one that moved back to Nashville. He actually came to Amber Pacific from Nashville. Um, right. Okay. And so he moved back there and he is still full time. Like he is grinding every day. Uh, one of the hardest working dudes that I know just hitting Broadway and like playing the shows at night till three in the morning. And then he's got his, uh, one of his full-time gigs is playing drums with Scott Stapp from Creed. Oh, uh, I, I did. I can't believe I forgot, you know, obviously I make notes ahead of these shows and I did yeah, know yeah. that and I'd forgotten that. And that's obviously something that I, that should be written in here, but yeah, that's, yeah, man. that's crazy. No, that's pretty crazy. That was, that was wild to hear that he, that he got that. And like, we're all super supportive and excited for him yeah. and, He's working hard, man. So um, he's the only one that's out in Nashville. The rest of us are back home in Seattle. Got it. Hence, obviously, you mentioned before going out to Nashville to work on some stuff with him. So that makes sense now. What yep. have, have you have you watched him perform with um, 
Scott Slap before? Man, I haven't had a chance to yet. I It's like on my list of things to do, but uh, anytime he's like coming through anywhere near Washington, I'm always out working for FedEx or, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it just hasn't lined up yet, but I definitely want to go and support our guy there, you know, because <laughs> I think it's pretty cool what he's doing. That's I think awesome. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's obviously he's he's a famous character you know for better or worse but that's that's cool right. that he does he has that gig for sure and honestly man those those shows are are very full you know most of them are pretty sold out and that doesn't um, surprise it, me it's impressive you know he's got a very big following still so in terms of the band like in a sort of day-to-day thing like so obviously you you, you mentioned you want to do more of the shows this year but do you guys kind of like get together and practice when you know there's a show coming up or even if there's not a show on the horizon where you try and keep practices as regular as you can? But I suppose with your drummer being based based out in Nashville, maybe obviously that that will make that difficult. Yeah, and that's kind of been the the tricky part is figuring out how to get our schedules to line up with him being um, not so far away, but being away from, from Washington. Um, so usually the way that it works is we will get together a couple of days before a show coming up and mm-hmm. we'll we'll re- we'll rehearse a couple of times before that show and usually three or four practices and then we'll go hit it um most of it comes back through like muscle memory which is oh, nice of course i'm sure yeah. um but we all kind of individually rehearse the parts and we kind of know like what the set list is going to be going into it so we can all practice individually leading up to the group practice and that kind of helps like just mold it together when we get together so so when when it's during the more you know say you haven't got a show for like three months or something so for you personally how involved in music are you in your kind of day-to-day life like are you kind of are you still like writing for Amber Pacific like on in your own time are you like what, watching what's going on in the current scene like you know on a typical day like how how involved are you yeah I'd say I always try to make time to either practice Amber Pacific write for Amber Pacific or just remind myself why I love the music side of what I do. And that usually involves like, maybe I'll just turn on like a Blink-182 record and start playing along with it. Um, Or I'll just take a day and I'll like blast the shit out of music in my headphones, like super loud. Um, It's amazing how how it can change your mood and like the power that that has, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I make music a daily a daily thing for me whether it's for amber pacific or just reminding myself why i love it so much it's you know i'll listen to bands that i used to grow up on still to this day and um i'm lucky enough to keep in touch with a couple of them and um, that's been really cool man it's just cool to see like the resurgence of this genre again oh Um, sure it's amazing (laughs) the response is amazing like (laughs) The when we were young festival thing in Vegas, what they're able to do, like it's just crazy, man. I, I hope that we get some opportunities to kind of jump, jump in and and kind of play with some of our old friends again, because that's that's really the goal right now. It's just been too too hard to miss out on, you know. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah, seeing so much of that kind of coming full circle and people out yeah. touring again and stuff. Um, I suppose that's that that might be a good kind of springboard into like just talking about your early years and stuff. So you mentioned like still listening to a lot of the bands you grew up on and stuff. Um, so do you, do you want to just tell me about like some of your early music experiences and, you know, if there were any bands that you played in before Amber Pacific kind of took off, like what did you, so did you grow up in Seattle? 
Um, yeah, for the most part, I moved up there when I started seventh grade. I was back in 1997. Um, mm -hmm. So split my time between California. It was all California before then and then up to Washington. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't really pick up a guitar till like ninth or 10th grade. And okay. it was really it was really my brother who actually got me started on it because he was he kept playing a bunch of Green Day songs on guitar and he was he's four years ahead of me. He's older than okay. me. And um, okay. for the longest time, I didn't understand it. I just, I, I just didn't get it. And I wasn't really exposed to that side of music yet. And um, something happened where like I figured like oh, I should give this a try. And so I, he kind of helped me learn a little bit. Um, but then I started just playing on my own. And basically I learned like Blink-182 and Green Day's entire catalog on guitar Okay. Um, which is probably why it's probably why like I'm not I'm not anything special when it comes to like solos and stuff. Like I'm a I'm a rhythm <laughs> guitar player and I write songs. That's all I do. But um sure, sure. at any rate, uh it was like my it was like my junior year in high school when I really started putting a group together. Um it was started in like a guitar class in high school. And I guess before Amber Pacific there was uh, my buddy Blake Evans and Tyler Pearson, and those the three of us is really kind of what started my my adventure into music. And um, eventually, we swapped out some people. Dango came in, like so. It was right around my senior year where like things started shifting, and we brought Matt on to be the singer, mm -hmm. and um, and that's where it really took off. So I didn't I didn't play in a lot of stuff before Amber Pacific. It's always kind of been that. At the time in high school, we were called follow through. Okay. Uh, 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 so, so it was effectively like your high school band, like the early beginning. Absolutely. I've just had a memory come back. I feel like I don't know because this would have been before. No, 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 no. It would have. I mean, MySpace would have been a thing, obviously, but maybe it was. Not, maybe you had like a thing on your when you buy the CD and you put it in a computer and you could watch a video, but regardless of where I saw it from, but I remember seeing a video of like you and your singer, uh, is it Matt's, Matt's the singer, right? Yeah. Matt. yeah like yep. you were doing like a guy, you were walking through your high school or something. And I seem to remember you were saying, Oh, on during lunch, we play like Jimmy Eat world covers here. And yeah. I'm not imagining this, right. You did. This was like a video. You wow. Um, I totally believe you. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> which video it was, but I mean, that, that is a true statement. Like we used to play, during yeah. our lunchtime in the cafeteria, yeah. um, really just playing covers. So Jimmy World, The Middle was one of them. And mm -hmm. um, obviously some Blink songs and stuff like that. So yeah, man, that's that's funny that you remember that. I, I can't figure out where that video went, but yeah, I think that just, was the thing. Suddenly came back to me then. It would have been a, <laughs> I think it was around the time of your second full length that that would have, that would have been, would have come out. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, so obviously, so it kind of formed in high school and then you did, it was the first thing you, you released, you had the EP before possibility and the promise there was an EP wasn't there. So kind of how soon after high school did that EP come about and like, you know, where did the attention sort of, when, when did you start getting the attention? Yeah. So we made a, a two song demo in high school, like our senior year and we sold it for like a buck to all of our friends. And that's really what started growing <laughs> our local following, um, just playing small venues. And uh, Matt and I went off to the University of Washington to start college in 2003. And yeah. it was right around that time where one of my brother's friends um, in his fraternity really like took an interest into Amber Pacific and what we were doing. He was a big fan and he wanted to like 
progress us forward. He's kind of oh, a business okay. dude. And yeah. um, so he like, without us really asking, he like really took us in. His name was Tresco. And uh, we credit a lot of our beginnings to him because he took our band and he shopped it around. He landed us uh, with a producer in Wallingford named Martin Fevier at Jupiter Studios. And Martin um, has been a huge piece of the puzzle for Amber Pacific success. He's our producer on The Possibility and the Promise, the EP that we did, Truth and Sincerity, and even on Virtues. We recorded all those with Mark. Oh, we okay. um, did a lot with him. Absolutely. And this guy is amazing. He's worked with some really big acts, and he's got a great studio out there. And um, so anyways, we, we got our music into his hands. He liked it, and that's kind of how we started the idea of getting this EP together. And it was mm-hmm. right around that time where Martin had a friend named Michael Barber who took our music down to Hopeless Records in Van Nuys, California to see what the interest was. And it was the first label that we were really like shopped to, I guess, um, yeah. after we made this rough EP. And Hopeless jumped on board. They loved it. And we played a couple more like showcases around Seattle just to show them that, that we're serious about it. And um, they basically gave us an opportunity to sign a contract with them to put out two full length records. And that was right around uh, winter of 2003. And so the band got together as a group and we basically said like, we either need to pursue the band full time, take a break from school, or mm-hmm. we just need to call it a part-time thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. And so we took that like leap of faith. We saw it as like a once in a lifetime opportunity and um and it turns out <laughs> that that was a good decision because it ended up turning into our full-time gig for a very long time and um we're still very fortunate to be able to do it today so that's kind of how it all happened man that's amazing was that was was tobin at hopeless then might have been do you know eric tobin at hopeless? yeah eric was, tobin was, was that was that before was he there then i feel like because I, I i know him, i know him a little bit and like he i feel when he told me he joined hopeless it might have been after that i don't know but i think he came into hopeless a little bit after we had been there um okay. but we worked with him quite a bit loved the guy and um i think he's still with hopeless records right now from yeah the pictures that i've seen yeah is, yeah yeah. yeah yeah i had a um a band i used to manage last year like i had a few meetings with him last summer like he's oh, okay. the best guy yeah yeah he's a yeah, very cool guy yeah oh awesome um, no, that's very cool. Okay, so obviously you so, so you went all in. Um, what was what were some of those tours you got on during that transition period <laughs> where it was uh, kind of becoming you know encompassing your whole life? Yeah, so I remember we had um, we had this big like celebratory. We signed with Hopeless Records show at I think a Tower Records up in the University of Washington. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a album release party, I guess. <laughs> um, but that was a big deal for us. We felt like we had really like landed our opportunity. Um, and then the first tour that we went on was not great at all. It was really, um, it was disheartening. We went out. Um, I, I just remember like Palm Springs being one of the first places that we played. And it was at this bar, no offense to the bar or the people, but it just, people weren't ready for us and it was not the right like demographic of people. Um, so we went into this venue we loaded in we got set up and we played and it just seemed like no one in the room cared like not a single person cared about us and it was like oh man if if this is what it's going to be like this is going to be rough you know and sure enough like the rest of that tour we called it the dive tour because it was just 
it was just show after show like that. We're just pulling into these random places in these random cities where nobody seemed to care or even know about us. And it, it presented this ginormous like mountain in front of us that we had to climb because like, this is going to yeah. be a lot of work if, if we want to get this thing off the ground. So um, we did that tour, we came back home, but then we um, hopeless basically helped us land a spot on the Kevin says stage for work tour. And okay. that what, is what, what year work. was that? I think that was 2000, uh, 2004 was our first one. I think we only did a couple dates. Um, yeah. And then it picked up in 05, 06 and 07. But that tour is really where we made like the fans that we have today. Um, we worked our butts off on that tour. We stayed out at our tent literally all day long. And uh, back then we had CD players, right? So, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we bought four CD players and we put splitters on each one. So we had eight people listening to our music at any given time all day long. <laughs> and nice. we were just holding our boxes of CDs, just asking people to listen. And we moved so many CDs on Warped Tour just doing it ourselves. And that was like our big chance to really make an impact. And, and I think that's what helped um, some of the success we had with our first full length is just having that like foundation from the work tour that we did before. So go, going into that, that first full length, did you kind of, did you feel like, okay, this is now going to be something or was it kind of, was it still a thing of like, let's record this full length and see how it lands or had, or was the momentum growing enough that you, you knew that that was going to kind of take you to the next level? Um, I don't, I don't think that we went into it thinking that, um, it was going to be anything huge. I, I think that from what I can remember, like hearing your own music on an, on an album or on a record, just hearing your own song recorded was always such a cool thing to me. And, yeah. um, so getting a chance to go into a real studio with a real producer and having a real budget behind us to actually do the things that we wanted to do with the music was that that was the focus it wasn't i don't think we even thought really beyond what was going to happen after we got out of the studio it was really just songs that we felt strongly about that we really liked that we were excited to record and Mm -hmm. honestly we didn't think about um what was going to happen after that we didn't go into it thinking like oh gone so young is going to be the single or you know so those conversations came later with hopeless obviously but um we did the focus at the time was just like get this music done as best we possibly could and um we got to do some cool things with that first record man it was awesome (laughs) yeah that's i mean that's when that's when i first discovered you i I remember very distinctly i was in i was in san francisco at the time like just you know kind of traveling around or whatever and i was i was staying in this hostel and my friend emailed me and he was just like you need to listen to this band amber pacific they've just released this new full length and I, i went down to tower records and Fishman's Wharf that day found it and then just went back to like the common area of the hostel and put it on and just like instantly loved it I was just like yes this is this is the sound I can get on board with that's that's awesome and when I listen to that record now it takes me back to being in that hostel in 2005 in San Francisco and uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely I, same thing for me and when I listen to certain records it definitely puts you back in a place when you first absolutely. heard it and yeah music uh, that's amazing that. man Thanks for picking that up. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What's um, looking back on it? What's your favorite song on that one? Ooh, um, I think, I think probably Gone So Young, it, not because it's our most popular song, but it's the one that meant the most to all of us. Um, that song was written about our high school buddy going into our yeah. senior year in high school. Um, he was, 
he was in a bad car accident and we lost him right before our senior yeah. year. And yeah. so that song was not just a song for us, but I kind of wrote it for like all of our friends at the time going through this really hard time. And yeah. um, again, like I didn't write it thinking like, wow, this is going to like reach a bunch of people. Like I just wanted, you know, to get the feelings out of what I thought, of you know, we were all kind of going through. Yeah, some, and so that one's such a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was just the most special to me. And um, his parents are the sweetest people. And so just seeing the impact that it had on them too, just to, like, you know, give them something to kind of listen to and, so I think that one, just because of the the meaning behind it. Yeah, no, that that's, yeah. that makes absolute sense. I'm sure that must have yeah. meant a, a hell of a lot to them as well. Um, yeah, I think so. No, that's very cool. That's very cool. So yeah, so obviously that record landed well, and then what? The next two years, I guess, were like kind of must have been like like life changing to an extent. If what came next? Yeah. Shoot, man. I think we, we hit, we just hit the road really. And just stayed out as long as we could. Um, our singer's grandma gave us her 33 foot motorhome, and really we took it down to, down to California for, um, and our drummer's brother-in-law at the time had some, had a, like a custom bunk company and we ripped out the queen bed in the back and put some bunks in the back. And that was like our touring vehicle for the better part of our early years. And uh, we just jumped on as much as we could, played as much as we could, and we were so home you... very, very little. Yeah, sorry that 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 was that was going to be my question. So you're pretty much constantly on the road for, for those. From for what... from what I can remember, that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, were you mostly doing tours where you were opening up for bigger bands, or did you do some headlining tours around that time? Can you remember? I think, you know, throughout the course of our career, actually, the majority of what we've done has pretty much been headlining stuff. Um, okay. We haven't had a chance to really jump on a lot of big tours. Uh, we've had a couple in the past, and there's a handful of bands that have thrown us a bone more than one occasion. You know, I can think of like MXPX is always helping us out. Hawthorne Heights, one mm -hmm. of the, the biggest helpers, not just by bringing us out on tour, but also by like mentoring us. Um, from like really? a business perspective of the band and kind of helping us figure out like just how to grow our grow our brand and and try to you know continue that momentum and making fans and stuff so jt from hawthorne heights is a really really good friend of ours and um really helped us along the way and obviously like now we're playing with the red jumpsuit apparatus all the time uh yeah. we share we share the same booking agent with them and okay um so it's been cool to kind of reconnect with those guys because that was one of the biggest tours that we did too was with them. So yeah. Um, but aside from those, um, I think there was a Sum 41 tour that we went on, which is probably one of the highlights for myself just because I was a big fan of, of the band at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the other that ones were, cool. yeah, most of the other ones were headliners and um, we were fine with that. It was, it was just, you know, like I said, just play as much as we could. And that's kind of what the opportunities that we had at the time. So, and then obviously the next record was, I think I feel like it was pretty big in the scene at the time. Was that kind of? Do you, do you think um, the two thousand two thousand seven record that was kind of like the the peak of Amber Pacific, like in terms of you know it being your full time job and how big the band was? Like I just felt like it was just all over things like alternative press and absolute punk at the time. You know, like yeah. So that one was different because that one it felt going into it, it felt like there was an expectation and it felt like. Um, yeah, it felt like we had to do something with that record. Like we had to not do anything different musically because I was never a big fan of changing directions of what we were doing, you know, a huge amount. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, that record, it, it felt like there's a little more pressure on us to, to produce something that people were going to like. And as a writer, like that was, that was hard. That was a hard record to, to do because I felt that pressure. And you also have the, the pressure of time of having to get it done within a certain amount of time, you know, so it can line up with what the label wanted to do. And yeah. Um, uh, but that being said, like, I, I'm really proud of the songs that we put on that record and the success that that record saw was incredible and hopeless really did a great job with both of those records and um, just growing us and kind of getting us the exposure and the right opportunities to help Amber Pacific kind of continue to trend upwards, which was really cool. The next record was with a different singer. Was, was that kind of, was that a strange period? Like the, 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 the years in between those records, obviously, Matt went. Yeah, you know, didn't didn't want to be in a full time touring band, which you know, I guess is grueling. So it you know it's not not for everyone. And he had been doing that for a number of years. Like, was that kind of at the time? Was it amicable his him leaving the band, or was that kind of or was there some tension there? It was um it was like a series of events that were happening for us that were it. I mean, it put us all in a uh, kind of like a a pretty um not optimistic state about our band at the time. <laughs> yeah, um, enough, yeah. We, we had an opportunity to um, tour with the red jumpsuit apparatus. And towards the end of that tour, they had to, to cut the tour short. Um, so we were on the East coast and we had to come back home, um, which was hard. And then we landed a tour of some 41 and mm-hmm. um, the turnout for that tour, for some reason or another, it was kind of secondary markets and it just wasn't what we thought the tour was going to be. And then we went on really? tour with Hawthorne Heights and uh, we played in Detroit on night one, drove to Washington, D.C. on overnight there. And when we woke up, um, our tour manager at the time, uh, who now plays bass with us, his name is Brad. Um, he discovered Hawthorne Heights' guitar player, Casey, had passed away in, in, in his bunk bed. Um, and we were sharing a bus with Hawthorne at the time. So wow. um, we can- canceled that tour again on the East Coast, having to come all the way back. And it was just like, it was just punch after punch after punch. Yeah. yeah. And there was just really no no positive sign of light in the future um, at the time. It just felt really dark. And I think it was too much for Matt at the time. And he realized, mm-hmm. especially with Casey passing away, I think he realized like our time is limited and he wanted to mm-hmm. kind of get moving on some other things. So amicable, yeah. absolutely. Uh, there was no hard feelings. We all understood. Um, but from the band's perspective, we wanted to, we didn't, we weren't ready to just let it go and give up. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is why we decided to continue on. Yeah. And and but it's a difficult position, isn't it? Because a singer leaving a band is always, let's be real, that's the hardest one to replace because any of the rest of the four of you, you know, you're more replaceable, really, you know? like Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we joke about that all the time. And you're yeah. absolutely right, man. But once you change the voice, um, you're going to lose some people. And we knew that going into it. But again, just like when we started, like it was never about, trying to become you know bon jovi it was just like yeah we just wanted to get our music out there and we wanted to put stuff out that we were proud of and so we didn't it wasn't a huge deal to us um bringing in a new guy and having to worry about like oh are people gonna like him or not we just yeah we wanted to bring in a guy that was a good dude and we thought that jesse's voice was gonna give us an opportunity to do some things that we hadn't done in the past with matt and Mm -hmm. um you know, though that record didn't do as well, I'm there's still a lot of songs on there. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them that um, I think are still really cool and really, really stuff that I'm proud of. Yeah, I, I, 
it's been a while since I'd listened to that record, but obviously in the in the run up to this, you know, I was revisiting all your stuff, and you're right. I feel some of it doesn't doesn't hold up as well as mm-hmm. some of your other stuff. Um, but yeah, like it does have some good tunes, like good good life. That I always thought that was a really good song. Yeah, thank you, man. I that that was one of my favorites on there. It was one of the first ones that I wrote for that record, and um, like I said, they're not all great. There's some that. <laughs> I I always made it a goal of mine to not have any filler songs on albums. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted people to be able to listen from start to finish without fast forwarding. That was kind of like one of the goals as a writer. And um, that record, I think there's a couple that even I will skip through just because it's like, yeah, it's not, yeah. not necessarily something that I'm like super excited about, but that happens. <laughs> of course, of course, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's just the way it goes. You can't, they can't always be, you know, wall to wall bangers can they you know exactly uh, you you mentioned the record wasn't necessarily received as well as as you guys might have wanted it to have been was that was that quite apparent as soon as it was out or was that kind of did that take some time to kind of that message to come through i think we needed to hit the road a little bit to to see that and feel that a little bit and i think yeah. that um, I wouldn't say the turnouts were bad for our shows, but it's definitely there's a different level of like energy and excitement about the band um, that just it was like something was just kind of missing as we were playing. And so you could kind of get that feeling that like uh, this one's not going to do what the other ones have done. And yeah. we still wanted to give it a full effort. But um, at the same time, it was really, really hard dealing with the change. And I think the change was actually just too much for Amber Pacific fans to latch on to you and i wouldn't say that like we knew that it was going to end because we never said that we were done as a band yeah um but i think we all knew that it just wasn't going to work out long term and okay that's kind of when we decided to kind of take a break a little bit in a sense and that's like when i went back to school got my degree got my real yeah. estate license that's yeah. kind of people dispersed for a little bit <laughs> okay and then um and then over the years, we kept in touch with Matt. Matt's more than just a band member. You know, he's like, he's been a high school friend of all of ours. And so we're always just chatting all the time. And so him coming back was always a possibility. He was never closed off to that. You know, he just, yeah. like I said, the series of events that happened that led him to leave, was, it was just too much. And he just needed to take a step away. And you can't blame a guy for that. No, of course. And then, so when you started talking to him about coming back, were you just all kind of on the same page of like you know let's this band's never split up let's continue to do it maybe we'll do it on a more kind of part-time basis where we'll do x number of shows a year we'll do a record when we can and we, you were just all we all kind of on that same page at that point i think so yeah i think it was um it was like a trial and error type of thing like let's let's do a show with matt back in the band and see how it goes and the response was incredible and then it was like, yeah, I think we should probably put some songs together and maybe get back in the yeah. studio. So that's kind of how that last record, The Turn, happened. Was it was like, we want to do another one and have Matt back um, singing and give give our fans kind of what they maybe missed out on with Virtues. Yep. Give them a chance to come back to us um, through a record that kind of sounded like Amber Pacific again. And um, so that, that worked out really well. And like I said, Mike was super helpful. He, basically lent us his studio in Bremerton and he played oh, bass the, on the m- record. Monk, what's it called? Monkey. Uh... Yeah. Monkey Trench Studios. Monkey Trench Studios. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, he was super helpful and instrumental in making that thing come together. And, um, and I was, that was a crowdfunded album. So no label, no anything. And that was um, just humbling. There's always, there's always moments where we're just humbled along the way. And like, that was one of them where it's just like, wow, you know, even I don't remember the exact time when Virtues came out, but it had been a while since our last record. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to get that amount of support from our fans to want another record was pretty cool. Yeah, that's really humbling. So now that we've discussed every full length that you've done, what's what's your favorite of them? Looking back, uh, favorite record. Yeah. Like it's if you a- some so someone's never heard Amber Pacific and you've only got you can only show them one of them. Which which, which one would you pick? Probably our second one, Truth and Sincerity. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think from start to finish, that one's probably my favorite. It's the, it has the most songs that I think you can just listen through. And it's just, it's really good song after good song after good song. And yeah, um, dude, we, we added a lot more. We had a bigger budget for that record. So we were able to add you a lot more that, pro- for sure. production things that we wanted to do. Um, yeah. So I think that, that one's like the one that stands out to me. And yeah. I bet you most of the guys would probably agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, particularly yeah. like, you know, as I said, been listening to a lot of your stuff in the run up to this. And like, you know, I was being familiar with the records over the years, as I said, because I've been been with you guys a long time. But like listening to it all in a bulk. Yeah, I think that one kind of stands out as probably the strongest overall. So uh, yeah, it makes total sense that you would say that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that one was special, definitely. By the way, I I I saw your little post just before we jumped on this, where where you gave us a shout out, uh, which which was much appreciated, by the way. But uh, you said this yeah. is the first it, this is the first international podcast you guys have done. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what an honor for us, hey? It is. No, man, I, I've been I've been following the the videos you guys are putting out, and it's, it's oh, cool, thanks, man. man. You guys have had a chance to really interview a lot of different people and bands and artists and. It's awesome what you guys are doing. It's really cool. So I was oh, excited to, to get a chance to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of pe- cool people come on over the years. Like we've been doing this like almost nine years now. Just kind of a little yeah. thing that we started, just doing the London scene to start with. And it's kind of it's kind of grown and you know, we're hoping it's gonna grow a little bit more. We've got a lot of lot of plans this year, but no, I appreciate that. Thank you. But what about um yeah. well, did did you do much international touring? So that is that is like the one thing that Amber Pacific, um, outside of like Canada, which it's of connected course. to the United States. So I don't know yeah. if you can consider that, but, um, no, that's the one thing that we didn't get a chance to do. Um, it was right around 2014. I think when we were actually in talks to come over to the UK to do a run, it was like a really? two week thing. Oh, yeah. Man. And, um, we just couldn't get it lined up, couldn't get it to work. And, um, and it kind of just, I wouldn't say it fell apart, but it just kind of like dissipated into nothing. And um, I need to reach back out to that guy because it's the one thing that like, I really wanted us to have an opportunity to do that we never got to do. And yeah. I think, I think that we have um, fans outside of the United States that would like to see us and um, it would just be a super special thing. So we are absolutely hoping <laughs> to get a chance to do that someday. I don't know when it's going to happen, but uh that would just be incredible man if if you guys could line it up somehow that would be that would be that would be amazing yeah because it's funny i was just obviously that was something i wanted to talk about and i was just like if they've been i'm 
I'm sure they haven't been over here because you know I've always I've consistently been a fan of yours, and I'm sure I would have I wouldn't have missed that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I felt yeah. like yeah you are one of one of that 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 pocket of bands I love that have never been over here. Um, yeah, there's been a I feel like there's you guys over it. Quiet Drive, no, Quiet Drive have been over here. I just missed them, but over it and you yeah. guys are like two kind of emissions that haven't toured Europe, and it's a, it's a that's crime, right, really. that's right. Yeah. Oh man, I know I'm I'm dying. I especially with this job I'm in now, I've gotten a chance to go over to all those parts yeah. in Europe, you know, yeah, and yeah. it just makes me want it so much more. It's like we have to get the band out here, just have yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're working on it, man. We're we're hoping we're trying to partner up with another band, maybe or something. Just waiting for that opportunity to come across the table where we can just be like, yes, we're going. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and as you say, even if it's a week or a two week run, it'll be it'll be worth it, definitely. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Is there any like kind of current bands that have uh, been on your radar recently that have impressed you? Um, I'm kind of stuck in my old ways. I've been listening to just the stuff that I that I like. I said that kind of like grew up into and got me into the scene. Um, I don't know. You know what? Honestly, kind of funny. Like a band that I've been listening to a lot lately is Bad Omens. <laughs> <laughs> really um, really yeah the um like m- managed by the good charlotte guys yeah and um yeah and i don't know what it is about their music but i just i freaking love it <laughs> it's so cool <laughs> um and so i've been really into them they're like one of my most listened to bands of last year and uh, i know it's an entirely different genre from amber pacific but it's a little heavier but yeah yeah it's it's good stuff, man. That gets you yeah, going. Yeah. And so that that kind of stuff, like a day to remember, like those kinds of bands have actually been the ones that I'm gravitating towards these days. And um, but I'll still throw on all the old stuff every once in a while too. <laughs> okay. What who are some heavy um rotations in the in the older stuff, the stuff that you know you grew up on that you're constantly listening to? Who are the big ones for you? Um, so I'll I'll put playlists together for all time low. I mean, that's a band that um, they're, they're friends helped. of yours, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we played with those guys when they were in high school, and I remember the first time I saw them. I mean, literally high school kids, and we were all young at the time. But it was just like, wow, this band is special. You know, there's something different yeah. about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to see that success that they've had has just been incredible. Alex has been great to us. He, you know, I keep in touch with him, and um, anytime they come through Seattle, they always mentioned amber pacific which is really really nice and appreciated that's awesome. so that's awesome yeah I, but the music the music that's just like it's incredible man like you were saying like it's hard to find a band that can put out just song after song after song where it's just so good and that's that's one of those so yeah um they're, they're a band that i keep on heavy rotation boys like girls is another one that keep on heavy rotation and okay just yeah, some really really recent stuff as well yeah it's good songwriting man and so that's kind of what i listen to and um but, you know, in addition to that, it's like Rise Against was one of the bands that I listened to a lot as a kid. And so nice. I'll throw in like the, the fast stuff every now and then. And yeah, it's good. There's so much good stuff out there. <laughs> one could argue that Amber Pacific, you've had anyone listening to this will will understand you've had a, had a very decent career in the music industry. The, the, the kind of thing that lots of kids into our kind of music would, would dream to have. Uh, but on the other hand, you could argue, like you mentioned All Time Low, who are huge huge so yeah. you, you could uh, you could argue that amber pacific you know maybe should have been bigger than the level you got to you know um yeah. 
but with, with with that statement out, are there any other bands that you came up touring with or just bands that you're a fan of that kind of fit that description as well? Anyone that you're just like, why was that band? Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's a great question. Um, uh, there was a band called Just Surrender that we we brought yeah. out on tour quite a bit. And I always felt like they had such a cool... Um, presence about them their songs were great and yeah it was a band that kind of in our boat where it was like man why aren't they getting more opportunities or why aren't why aren't they getting bigger than they should be and um we love those dudes so that was that was a band that i thought like dang that that band should have made it um yeah but yeah obviously all time low you kind of knew like this was going to be something special we we toured the paramore on one of paramore's <laughs> earlier touring days when Haley was like 16 and her her dad was driving the band around and um so that was that was crazy because we knew they had this buzz about them even then and um I mean I think their drummer exactly at the time he's probably like I don't know 14 or 15 years old it was crazy man yeah yeah. just kids you know but again it was like another band was like ah you kind of just knew that like something was kind of special about him but um yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at, at some of those bands we played with to, to really think about that one. That was a really good question. I would, Just Surrender is just a band that comes to mind that I always really loved and thought that they deserved so much more. And um, they just played a show in Buffalo, I think, and knocked it out of the park. So who oh, knows? Nice. <laughs> Maybe nice. we'll see more of them, too. We could probably wrap this up in a second. Like, I've you know, I've taken quite a lot of your time already, which I really appreciate. Um, oh, it's all good. This has been one that I've been wanting to do for a while. So so it, it's very much appreciated. But, yeah, we normally finish these with just some quick fire questions. So okay. that's cool with you. I'll, I'll fire some of those all at right. you. Um, I haven't actually written any down. I'm just going to do this off the top of my head. And because okay. we do these all the time. So uh, <laughs> forgive me if I'm not as... Uh, slick with it as i should be but uh all right let's let's keep it real broad to start with uh favorite movie uh favorite movie let's go Ooh, for now i've really been on fury with brad pitt i like those world war ii movies they're cool tv show uh okay so i'm an older dude now so wife and i just watched this is us all the way through good show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Me, me, Good me, show. and my wife. We did it. Started that in the pandemic and kind of went through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I have Good a one. soft spot for it. Yeah, I kind of exactly. I miss Thursday nights not having a new episode of that. Still, even though it's been two years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that yeah. that was pretty special. It's a good show. <laughs> uh, favorite food. Um, ooh, it's got to be like Mexican or Italian, either or. I'll take either or. Nice. <laughs> Usually. I think the majority is, is Mexican usually takes the cake for me. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. I would only I would only put Indian ahead of it personally, but Mexican's definitely up there for me as well. It's funny, man. I've I've been to Delhi and all these places. Um, and there's a little little shop where I live back home in Washington. The, the absolute best Indian I've had. Even really? being all over the world and trying Indian wow. all over the place, like that place in in where I live is just great. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it's called karma indian cuisine and it's fantastic karma indian cuisine <laughs> yeah a, a deserved yeah, yeah. shout out favorite city to play live oh dang um okay so I'll, i'm gonna think like back to our like full-time touring days i would say anywhere in the midwest was places that really treated us well like chicago 
Milwaukee, um, Denver, Salt Lake City. It, it, the middle part of the country was always really, really good to Amber Pacific for some reason. And okay. so we would always go back there and play as much as we could. Um, every show that we did there was was awesome. Always good. Nice. Um, yep. Artists that impressed you the most that you were either supporting or they or they were opening for you? Let's go with... Um, you don't throw one out there. Matchbook Romance was... Oh, okay. That's Yeah, that's a throwback. That was uh, the Take Action Tour, I think, is mm-hmm. what that one was. And just the level of like musicianship that those guys had. They sounded perfect like every single night and um, super nice guys. So that was that was a band I was like, yeah, they got it. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I liked watching them. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you four previous guests of this show. You're only allowed to keep the music of one of them. And I think this is the kind, because I have said, I have asked this question before and I say, you have to get rid of one of them, which I think is the more awkward question to ask, but I'm not going to. Okay. All right. So, uh, Get Up Kids, Sum 41, New Fangori, and Mest. Okay. So, I just saw the Get Up Kids play uh, on the tour of the All American Rejects recently. That was kind of cool. I don't think I've ever seen them play before, but not my not my um, not my number one out of all those. I think the one that I have to keep probably Sum Forty One. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Sum Forty One fan, and I'm sad that they keep saying they're going to hang it up. I don't know if I'm buying it yet, but <laughs> it's there's good. It's there's going there's going to be a reunion surely. Like uh, even if they go away for it's, four years or whatever. It's crazy. I've I've seen a couple of shows from them recently, and um, dude, they're just one of those bands. Like, I think they're like almost bigger now than they've ever been, and I don't understand why they're going to put out a new record and then not not support it. I I just don't understand it. I wish that they could keep going because Derek's a great writer. <laughs> yeah, a fr- friend of mine who's working on the record says says it's just. Well, I mean, yeah. he he's not such a pop punk guy, but he said to me, he's like, "You are going to love that." Well, at least the pop punk half of that record. So I'm very much Man, looking forward I, to hearing that. Same, same. I can't wait for it to come out. <laughs> uh, final question, favorite? Give me if you can't just like off the bat, give me this. That's fair enough because I'm putting you on the spot. But like, who are contenders for your top three bands of all time? Um. Top three of all time. So I have to put Blink up there just because the influence that they had on me as a kid. They were my first like pop punk show that I went to. Um, so that was a lasting impression. And so they'll be up there. Um, Simple Plan is a band that I haven't mentioned yet. And I've been talking a lot with Chuck lately. And oh, nice. um, that band is a band that I used to play daily over the summer in my little like Mazda Miata with the top down. <laughs> <laughs> um that record man that first record that was so good and everything they've done since then it's just been so good and he's been super gracious to give up give us his time to kind of help us and that's a band that we haven't played with that we really really want to and um, and they're, hopefully... they're still kind of like you know maybe not on the sum 41 level but they're still you know their the audiences um, haven't really gone down you know i feel like no just, they just they went on yeah, they went on tour of the offspring and then they just yeah. finished up a run in the UK. Or actually they might still be on it right now. Um or in Europe, I should say. And the shows are great, man. So that's that's a top three band for sure. And then probably 
Uh, probably have to go back to some 41 again. I would so blink simple plan and some 41 right now would be my top three. Decent. Decent. I like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 My, my top three, I mean, they'd be content. Maybe not. I do like simple plan. I don't know. If they'd be a contender for top three for me, but it'd be similar kind of band. So like, you know, I like, yeah, I that's, feel like you and, I, you and I have similar tastes. I feel, you know, yeah, because I've been thinking about it now. I'm like, oh, man, I left out like all time world boys like girl. All American Rejects were another big one that uh, had a huge influence on my writing. So I don't know. Top six, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, nice. we could go on forever with that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. As much as I'd like to, we we, we best not. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I do need to let you get on with your Friday. But uh, we'll like really appreciate you've given us some of your time uh this is this has been really cool for me and uh yeah it's i can't wait to see what's next for amber pacific over the coming months and hear hear some new stuff yeah yeah man i'm excited to get it out there like i said i'm i'm thinking that these are some of the better songs that i've done so hopefully other people will agree with that but it's the same process we're gonna go in there just yeah. trying to like make the best music we can and if people like it that's awesome it's just icing on the cake <laughs> 